welcome to this episode of ONS Energy Talks. My name is Inger Johanna Stenberg and I work with communications in ONS. Today we're going to talk about storing and distributing of renewable energy from the battery and solar perspective, which is a quite new uh, perspective for ONS to take on, but we'll try. episode is recorded at the ONS Net Zero Markets kickoff in Stavanger and Net Zero Markets is for those who don't know the ONS dedicated venue where we dive deeper into renewable and low carbon technologies and market opportunities. And I'm very happy to introduce Tore Sekkenes from Inno Energy and the European Battery Alliance. Welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and Mette Larsen from Otto to this episode. Welcome. Thank you. First, uh, let us get to know you a little bit. Uh, new companies, new names for the ONS audience, but uh, first time, but not for the last time, I think. Uh, let's start with you, Tora. Who are you and what is your background? What do you do now? So I, I work for this European Battery Alliance. And in, in very short words, you can say that this is an industrial organization. And we have a task to to promote the idea that Europe shall have a uh, shall build uh, and have a, a resilient uh, battery industry. Battery industry meaning the whole value chain of the battery industry. And what is your background before you started with batteries? Uh, before that, I built trains. Uh, I worked w- at Bombardier, which is now Alstom. I worked at ABB with uh, power uh, power equipment for uh, power lines and so on. Meta, over to you. Uh, different background, but you are wor- working with sustainability in Otovo. Tell me more. Uh, yes, I mean, I can start telling a little bit about Otovo. So we're a digital marketplace uh, connecting homeowners that want to add solar panels to their roofs or batteries to their homes uh, with a network of uh, installers uh, across Europe. Uh, and uh, how how our platform works is that... Uh, Our installers have have added their cost for uh, hardware and and for labor, how much it costs to install the system and transport it to the site. And then a customer enters uh, their home address on our website, and then they sort of get a designed or suggested designed system uh, and a price uh, based on the cheapest available offer from an installer in uh, in their area. Uh, and I mean, my role as uh, as head of sustainability, I joined Otovo back in 2016. Then we were 10 people uh, working from a co-working space in Oslo. Now we are in 13 European countries and, and 450 uh, employees. And I've had a, a variety of, of roles in the company. Uh, now I work with, uh, with sustainability, and that means that I'm working, ensuring that we limit our Uh, negative impacts and uh, increase the positive impacts that we have on on people and and on the environment. So you both are connected to uh, this energy transition in a quite concrete way, but from very different parts of it. Our overall goal goal is to produce more energy, more power, uh, clean, with limited or no emissions, hopefully. But the overall question then is how do we produce, store and distribute that power? And we, you have a more consumer-oriented view on this, Mette, while you, uh, Tore, come from a more industrial part um, and viewpoint. Mette, let's start with you. From the, from the customer 
point of view how does how, how do you think what's the, what's the answer to this enigma i mean uh, first of all just addressing a bit of of the question uh, regarding the the storage and the distribution part uh, with uh, renewable energy like uh, solar rooftop installations you will have electricity production that is uh, produced and consumed at the same uh, same place as you don't really need uh, to to distribute or uh, or in many cases even uh, even store it, um, but of course we're gonna add a lot of electricity uh, in in the coming years. We're decarbonizing how uh, or removing hopefully coal and gas from uh, from the electricity generation system that we have today, and and we're gonna electrify a lot of uh, like the transport sector, the heating, uh, the uh, the industries. Um, Meaning that we uh, we're gonna produce a lot of renewable power, and then of course solar or renewables uh, is uh, predictable. We know that the sun is gonna gonna come up in the day. Uh, we can fairly predict uh, wind patterns, but it's not controllable. You can't turn it on and off, uh, and and that means that uh, storage is gonna be a really important part of of. Uh, the, the future energy system and the energy system that we are already building uh, today. What is your point of view there, uh, Tore? Because well, you, you're the you're the storage guy in this. Uh, yes, and <laughs> thank you, equation. thank you, Mette, for the for the um, uh, for the point. Uh, the, uh, batteries or storage. Uh, there are other ways of storing energy, of course, but batteries is a cornerstone when it comes to storing electric uh, power. Uh, so that's the fundamental. And this is, I think it's important to go back to basics to understand why are we doing this whole transition? That is to decarbonize our planet. That's what we're doing. This is why we want to to electrify. I think there's an agreement that electrifying is the solution or a very big part of the solution. And in doing so, you need to be able to store battery power. And what I do uh, is to ensure that Europe, uh, or, or my task uh, is to ensure that Europe has the capacity to build these batteries, which is the cornerstone for doing exactly that. So, uh, and, and there are more aspects. There are the geopolitical part, there, are the, there is the resilience aspect and so on. My task is to ensure that this whole value chain of building this battery industry is here in, in Europe, or at least a large part of it. Let's talk a little bit more about the value chain there, because that's where you both have some uh, some similarities, and it's it's interlacing. You both have um, much of the solar industry today, and and also especially the big solar farms, but. PV panels and also the battery industry is mostly based in Asia. When you talk about the European Battery Alliance, you are very uh, you want it to be in Europe, so we're resilient and we actually have we can trust. Yes, we want to have control over it. That doesn't necessarily mean that we have to do everything. Uh, I express myself poorly, uh, but we want to have control over the industry. Uh, And again, several different uh, aspects. We also would like uh, that this industry uh, is uh, value created here in Europe, providing uh, workspaces here in Europe and so on and so forth. 
Um, so, so there are many, very many aspects uh, of um, of why we are trying to localize this in the whole value chain here in Europe. Are those thoughts you have in Ottawa with the the value chain and, and being independent of uh, one small port, part of the world or one part of the part of the world and being uh, able to produce or having more of the value chain in in Europe or closer to? where you actually have your market? I mean, I think we're seeing a, a shift now of, of uh, Europe wanting to move more of the, the value chain back uh, back to Europe. Uh, then at the same time, the, the, uh, the Asian markets and, and China in particular has sort of uh, done a quite incredible job at, at uh, streamlining this and, and making or putting solar to the point where it is now, where it is by far the cheapest uh, electricity source. It outcompetes everything else. And it, it sort of will definitely be uh, the cornerstone of the of the energy uh, transition. Uh, but, uh, but seeing that more of the value chain could come back and not have complete sort of dominance in a supply chain, I think that's, that's going to be sort of an, a healthy comp- uh, competition. Um, and I mean, hopefully the the Norwegian companies doing uh, uh, polysilicon production can can come back and and deliver more. Uh, and then you will see sort of some parts of the value chain moving moving back. Uh, not necessarily all the steps like full integration that you have in have in China, uh, but but definitely uh, module assembly and you have more of the the cell and wafer production likely. Uh, in Europe, and it's quite interesting to to hear uh, numbers coming out recently that the investments in in uh, solar power is actually it's uh, going past oil for the first time. So that uh, and I I know that investments in batteries as well is going soaring. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. How does the future look? Let's let's start with you now, Tuda. If I go to my my um, area or my responsibility, I firmly uh, there there are a lot of initiatives to build battery factories here in Europe. Uh, there is there are um, uh, some clouds uh, on, on in the skies, uh, and one of them being this uh, Inflation Reduction Act, uh, vacuum cleaning a lot of the uh, industries that are about to start to go to United States. That is one uh, area of problem uh, of pro- problems. The other one is uh, the access to raw materials. That is what, what I spend most of my time on advocating that we uh, not only build the batteries, but that we should make have a complete value chain, or at least part of a complete value chain here here in Europe. But I'm optimistic. I think we will. Uh, I think Europe will come up with uh, with uh, measures that will counteract, uh, not counteract, but will uh, level up the playing field with the uh, Europe uh, with the in the, um, the IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, so I'm optimistic that we will have this uh, value chain because it is uh, very important for Europe to have it. When you guys heard that ONS would have a solar committee and a battery committee working towards the program at ONS, what were your thoughts initially? Is, 
did you think that would that was logical? Did it make sense? I mean, I uh, I am from Stavanger. I've grown up in the in the energy capital of Norway, and I think it's uh, a very healthy development that we're also sort of uh, finally putting the focus on solar and on storage because uh, we know that solar has been underestimated for years. It's always uh, broken sort of every every prediction and uh, sort of solar will grow a lot it, we will have uh, a distributed energy system uh, in in the near future uh, where we do have solar on on most uh, roofs in Europe uh, in uh, uh, in addition to say solar parks and, and floating solar uh, and of course uh, I think it's really good for this sort of uh, the program that we're going to have that we can can showcase also how the energy system has to work together because it's not going to be distributed energy sources delivering uh, power to end consumer but it's going to be sort of a, a network of uh, solar power production it's going to be storage it's going to be smart grids uh, people go from being just consumers to be prosumers they produce and consume uh, at uh, at the same time so i think it's yeah it's it's great that that solar and batteries uh, are a part of of the program it's very interesting to hear you talk because it's i i think there are more similarities than uh, dissonance between you and your point of views, but you just come from different types of energy, the energy sector at all. So with that, I wanted to round off and conclude with uh, a question I always want to ask uh, at ONS or in, in podcasts. What kind of competence are we lacking now? Because we do have we we don't have too m- many people actually available, and those we have um, in jobs already have a lot of engineering background and, and oil background, for example. So how do we deal with that? Short uh, short answer to that, Tuda. Let's try. Also here, I'm optimistic. Um, if we go to Norway, let's look at Norway. There's a lot of chemical industry here. Making batteries is to a large degree. Uh, a chemical industry and some mechanics that that's what it is so there are people that can be reskilled that to go into this industry for sure that has to be done uh, and it's not done today uh, and so that's one aspect the other aspect is that the sp- uh, special knowledge uh, that uh, exists in asia mainly and I'm very grateful for the for the Asian people who actually come here with the experience that they have, and that combination with with a high degree of education here in this part of the world and and specialized um, and knowledge from uh, from someone who has done it for 10, 15 years, is a good combination. But we have work to do to skill people. That is for sure. We're lacking people. This is true. Is that true for solar as well? I mean, for for solar uh, installations, that's uh, quite a workforce intensive process to install the panels. Um, I think I, I read that we're going to need a million people uh, working directly in, in solar PV uh, in Europe by, by 2030. 80% of that uh, are installers. Um, I think the the good thing with with uh, 
that workforce is that it it doesn't take that long time to to educate people to uh, to install solar panels. We already see that we've uh, had a lot of new installer companies joining uh, our platform from uh, maybe closer sectors. Um, teaming up with electricians, learning to install. Uh, and, and when demand is as high as now, the, uh, the teams are, are forming and um, we will sort of get out of that bottleneck uh, without too much problem. That's good to hear. Good optimism. Thank you so much for uh, talking to us a little bit about the solar and battery perspective on, uh, on renewable energy. Uh, it's definitely a way to go for all of us, but I think we're getting there. We're getting somewhere. This was ONS Energy Talks. My name was Inger Johanna Stenberg, and I have with me Tore Seknes from the European Battery Alliance and uh, Mette Ri Larsen from Otto. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. And you can hear more podcasts where you subscribe to podcasts uh, or follow us on LinkedIn and ons.no. This was ONS Energy Talks, and I look forward to hear uh, talk to you soon. <laughs>